Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to. I'm here so I won't get fined. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. The second half, we sucked. We couldn't stop the run. Every time they got the ball and went down and got points, we got our ass totally kicked in the second half. That's what it boiled down to. It was a horse performance in the second half. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Been erroneous reports, people questioning my loyalty to him. That is absurd. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. You were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast on this week's show. It is here. It is officially time to kick off the 2023 rookie content. I do not have my normal co-host, the man of the hour, and the man with the power with me, Mr. Jerry Sinclair. He is tied up with real life, but I do have an amazing guest. So for tonight, he is going to be my tag team partner. He is going to be my co-host. He is a senior writer for DLF. If you haven't heard of DLF, crawl out from under that rock you've been under and check out DLF Dynasty Fantasy Football. He has a great YouTube channel. It is Metric Scout Fantasy Football. Say it with me. Metric Scout Fantasy Football. If you're not subscribed, I'm ashamed of you, and we can rectify that very quickly. He's also the Intercontinental Championship of Dynasty Fantasy Football, and he is a real-life economist. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show at Metric Scout everywhere, especially Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you know, Mr. Bruce Matson. How you been, man? I've been doing good. It's good to be on the show. I was on here with you last year. We talked about rookie wide receivers. Today, we're going to chop it up again over some running backs. I'm excited to do that with you. Thanks for having me on, though. This is going to be a good time. Yeah, man, I, I am really excited. So uh, I, I love to share with the audience a peek behind the curtain. So we've been recording a lot on Sundays lately. Jerry's work schedule and school schedule have dictated that, you know, Sundays have been our thing. And even though the games have been going on, we've been trying to get them done in the first half of the evening game. Well, Jerry, 
texts me on Sunday evening, says, you're going to hate me, but I had something come up. I can't go tonight. And I was like, cool. I was already planning on doing a bonus episode of the show with Bruce Matson from, from DLF and Metric Scout Fantasy Football. And, and the reply back I got from Jerry was gold. It said, oh, he's one of the few Dynasty content creators I like. As a matter of fact, I think he's the only one that I watch. So you're very well thought of here on the show. I might have outed Jerry a little bit in the community, but we don't mind. It's what he gets for not being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fair. he's going to have to make it in one time. Well, um, speaking of your YouTube channel, again, that's Metric Scout Fantasy Football. I'll tell you, man, your growth has been impressive and a real joy to see. The last time that you were on, you had just cracked around – a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred subs, and now yeah. you're right at you know five thousand. I think four point nine seven as of today. So again, if you're not help this help a brother out, man. Let's get Bruce to five k. Let's make it the the Warzone listeners were the ones who went to YouTube and got this man's to five k on uh, on YouTube. So tell us about your YouTube channel and what you got going on at DLF. Oh, I got a lot going on. So YouTube channel, I try to crank out at least one video a day. There's some days I'll get out two or three. Um, right now it's hot about the rookie draft, um, rookie mock drafts, mocking mock drafts and ranking the rookies afterwards with their landing spots. Um, also, a lot of rookie profiles or just randomly talking about rookies and player values for Dynasty. Over at Dynasty League Football, cranking out rankings and articles. I've been over there since shoot since david johnson was a rookie that's when i started over at dls so i've been there since like 2016 or 15 or so been there for a while always cranking out articles there the youtube channel's really been the baby lately been trying to grow that um that that's been doing all right over the last year or so um so really right now dynasty focus getting ready for the rookie drafts and then lean into more redraft once redraft season hits well, there you go. If you're looking for a one-stop YouTube shop, head over to Metric Scout Fantasy Football to search Metric Scout everywhere on every social. You'll find our man Bruce here, and uh, I, I enjoy him. I, I, I'll be very honest. I, I think your Twitter handle is my personal favorite. Um, yeah. You drop, so you drop. You're, you're an economist, so you drop. Uh, you know the economy is important, so you'll drop the occasionally like treasury note. You know, you know thing here, a Tesla note there. Um, I, I always appreciate that. And if you want to follow our channel, if you're new to the podcast or new to the YouTube, just subscribe. Just search, same as searching Metric Scout. When you get done doing that, search Dynasty Warzone. You can find us on all the socials. Um, and it's an easy way to help support the show. If you're listening on a podcast, don't be afraid to leave us a rating or review. Now, Bruce, I don't know if we did this segment the last time that you were on with us, but we call this... Uh, this segment, good people, bad tweets. But in this case, it's me. So maybe it is a good person yeah. with a bad tweet. Oh, a good I, well, I appreciate that. But I, I was I was going to hit you with one, but because you are an economist and you do understand business and finance terms, I'm going to hit you with a tweet that I sent out earlier. But before I do that, uh, our, our main man, Mike, in the YouTube chat, he likes this intro. So I'm going to give that to him. The Crip Mac. On hood. A little on hood intro for good people, bad tweets. So this is what I tweeted, Bruce. People that think, quote unquote, Trey Lance won't be traded due to the 49ers investment in him need to read up on the sunk cost fallacy. And for those that are not familiar with the term sunk cost fallacy, that is defined as a noun, the phenomenon whereby a person is reluctant to abandon a strategy or course of action because they have invested heavily in it when it is clear that abandonment would be more beneficial. And they have like a little, uh, they use it in a sentence. The the sunk cost fallacy creeps into a lot of major financial decisions. Now, now Bruce, I'm going to throw this to you as a real world economist and a dynasty gamer. A, what do you think about my analogy of saying the 49ers should just adhere to the sunk cost fallacy and potentially move Trey Lance. And then what are your thoughts on Trey Lance and his dynasty future? Trey Lance, sunk cost fallacy. So with the Niners, looks like they got two roads they can go down and they could either deal them away and get some capital and 
go with what they have here at quarterback, or they are captured by the sunk cost fallacy, and they're like, I can't deal this asset away because I already paid too much for him, and maybe we just let him battle it out in camp. We'll hold out on him. So it looks like they might be at a crossroads with that. I don't know historically if they've even been in this situation at with this front office, how they'd handle that long-term or what. But looks like with the sunk cost fallacy, they could either ignore it, try and get some picks out of this, try and move on, go with what they got, or keep them and just see what happens. Maybe they're captured by it and they want to live by the sunk cost fallacy and that, that gets them because it gets a lot of people by surprise that sunk cost fallacy. Um, just thinking that you paid so much for this asset, you already got them on your roster or you just bought this new car and it's not working too well and you just can't get rid of it because you, you don't want to take that initial loss even though you're not going to get any gain or you already got your gain from something else and you can sell off. So it looks like they're at a crossroads with that. That's going to be very interesting when we get to the offseason. Yeah, and it's not that I'm anti-Trey Lance. I think the take on Twitter is that I don't like Trey Lance. Nothing could be further from the truth. I think he's a fine prospect. But if you want – he'll he'll be going into year three of his rookie contract, whereas Brock Purdy will be going into year two. Being a seventh-round pick, he's a lot less of a cap hit than a first-round player. And I know you mm-hmm. essentially use three firsts on him, but, you know, Tennessee makes good sense. You would get him out of the NFC. You would get him to the AFC, where you would only see him in Super Bowls or once every four years. And the new Tennessee GM, Rand Carthan, is now – the, the GM of the Titans, and the Titans need a QB. So I don't know that you're going to get their 11th overall pick for Trey Lance, but maybe you could get like their, I think, what would that be? Like 43-44 for him, maybe a second and a third in 24. Yes, you're taking it on the chin, but I think keeping them both around is fine and you let them have a camp battle, which sounds good now. Mm-hmm. But when one of them wins, if either one of them goes through a struggle where they lose two or three games in a row and like weeks – five through seven next year, you know what the crowd's going to do. You know what the media is going to do. Everyone's going to call for the other guy. I think uh, mm-hmm. I think this is a loser leaves town match, and, and, and I think it would just be simpler because of the financial ramifications that that allows you to keep or, you know, keep a Nick Bosa, keep a Trent Williams, keep Debo. And not only that, it, it would make you more active in the free agent market to continue to add because you would have literally three more very cost-controlled years of Brock Purdy. So that's why I would do it. What are your thoughts on my take? I think it's great. I Honestly, if you got an asset like Trey Lance that you can move on and still have another quarterback that can compete for you that's very cheap and have new assets coming in to build off of, you keep your Bosa's, you keep your stud players – and just build around. That's something you want to do. Also, like objectively, that's like what you said on Twitter. Like people look at that as like a black and white thing. Like, hey, this guy, I don't, I think he hates Trey Lance. When really you're objectively looking at like the full um, circle objectively, like, okay, we have these two quarterbacks. One's hot right now and looks like he's developing into something. We got this other one that's been hurt. We paid a lot for him, but he can hold some value on the trade market for an NFL team, we can move on from him. We can get some picks, maybe some seconds, maybe the first. Maybe we can get that first from them. After all, after Stroud and um, Bryce Young's off the board, what else really is there? You're going to go after Will Levis. He might be gone as well. And if you want to go after another quarterback, maybe Trey Lance could be your guy. and Maybe you're willing to pay that. and Maybe you can make out getting another player. You're already this far in the playoffs, and if you can get another top-tier pick out of that, or a bundle of picks, that's going to really help your team, help you get younger at some of the depth positions, really going to help you out for the long term as well. And it's about building a roster and not just building off of one player. So I, I think your take's pretty good, actually. I mean, think about it. I mean, you know, he, It's not like we're sending him to purgatory. We're sending him to be supported by Derrick Henry, Traylon Burks, um, uh, the rookie tight end. I don't, I don't even want to dare pronounce that guy's <laughs> name. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that guy. So him, you know, Bobby Trees is still there. Maybe you add another wide receiver in the draft. That's a pretty neat little young offense in a division that outside of, 
Jacksonville's not that stable. So we're not sending him to like the XFL or the USFL. We're sending him to a really good spot where he could flourish. So I'm not anti, I'm not anti Trey Lance. I think I'm actually trying to help him and your dynasty value by keeping him out of a weird situation where it'll be a constant start, stop, start in San Francisco. So that is our segment, Good People, Bad Tweets. And that is brought to you by our patron, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. So without Jerry here, we cannot announce the contest that we're going to give away a one-year scholarship to the patron and uh, one year's dues of, uh, of, of an orphan. So you're going to inherit one of our orphans. And speaking of orphans, the uh, the next 10 people that DM me after signing up for our patron will get an orphan on me. Um, details and terms and conditions of all that, just hit my DMs at DWZ Memphis. I'll cover that. But we're getting ready to start startup season. We have five orphans to fill out of 15 leagues, 12 players per league. That's a pretty good orphan rate, wouldn't you say, Bruce? Yeah, that's pretty good. So what is Real that? I, I can't. I can't even. I can't even do the math. It's like 180 play, 180 uh, GMs. We're only mm-hmm. filling five. It's like what? It's less than a three percent, you know, orphan rate. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. So if you're new to Dynasty or looking for a safe place to play, want to hang out in a good group chat, get bonus content, one-on-one help with your roster, check out Patreon.com forward slash a Dynasty War Zone. So that is the uh, the preliminary matches. Let's get into the main event, the rookie running back class. We always start with running backs. Why? Because there's never enough good ones, and we're always looking to to add more. Now, this year's class has got a uh, got a bit of a unicorn. I would say he is the hottest running back prospect I can remember since Saquon Barkley, and we're going to talk about Saquon Barkley during the the conversation around Bijan Robinson, but. Bruce, when I say the name Bijan Robinson, what are your initial thoughts? Um, things that that you think about Bijan as a dynasty asset? Clear one hundred and one, I assume. Yeah, he. There's a lot that goes through my mind because there's a lot of different things you can do with this pick, and he is enigma because he's already so valuable. You just sit back and watch people talk about him. Some people already got him as the RB one in dynasty. Some people got him right behind Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. And then you watch him as a prospect throughout the years. And you can see why the market's looking like that. And the value's so high. And it's uh, something we really haven't seen. Saquon Barkley, when he was coming out, the market wasn't really that woke on him like they are on Bijan Robinson. But Robinson, like when you look at the market at running backs right now, that's kind of indicative to it. We're about hitting this great running back reset right now where there's, we got a lot of running backs who are about 25, 26 years old, 24 years old, switching teens and all that stuff, a big shift in the ties. And then we get this unicorn coming in. It's really making things very impactful in the dynasty markets. Definitely a one-on-one in the formats right now, but there's also a lot of strategies you can run with them too. Yeah, for, for me personally, um, we were talking before we hit the record button. Again, that peek behind the curtain as to what we're talking about. You know, Bruce has been playing Dynasty for about 13, 14 years, and I'm right there in that pocket with him around 15. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in the moment that we forget there's been other great running backs to come through for Dynasty. Uh, some of the ones that, that I pulled up, because you want to compare apples to apples, right? It wouldn't be fair to compare him to other Running backs, you know, Bijan six foot two twenty. At least that's what the draft network has him listed as. You know, guys that I found comparable were Adrian Peterson, who was six one two seventeen. Um, Saquon Barkley six one two thirty five. Which Saquon Barkley is just a is, is is a man. And then Zeke Elliott. You know, we forget about Zeke when he was coming out as a rookie. He was pretty well thought of as well. He was the clear-cut 101 that year in rookie drafts. And then just because I love him, if you're watching live on YouTube, you see here on the wall our yeah. lord and savior of football, Mr. Bo Jackson. He was 6'1", 230. So I, I, I did so, some some comparisons, and if I had to rank the guys – now, Bo's always 101, so Bo does not count for me. But if I were ranking the other four, I would have had Adrian Peterson as my top running back of those four. I would have had a Peterson – Barkley, 
Bijan for now, and let me do say for now, his combine metrics could elevate him up a, up a spot or two. But Saquon Barkley's combine metrics are a thing of legend. They're almost perfect, especially size adjusted uh, for a guy who is 6'1", 235. And then I would have Bijan just ahead of just ahead of Zeke Elliott as a rookie dynasty prospect with what we know today. So that would be subject to change. What do you think about those historic comps from a rookie 101? Because I think they all had a similar cachet of Mm -hmm. uh, popularity coming in. Twitter and social media wasn't quite what it is now, even when Zeke was there, and especially when Adrian Peterson was there. But where do you kind of rank him around those sort of prospects? Probably neck and neck with Saquon. Probably somewhere around there. Maybe Saquon with a little bit of a lean, but probably neck and neck. I think just player for player, not even thinking about the market right now, but I probably right there. Um, maybe Saquon a little bit more, but but probably neck and neck. They're pretty close. When Whenever I think about Bijan coming up these last couple of years, I've been using Saquon as a litmus test for that, just comparing that. Um, definitely ahead of Zeke especially just from what we've seen. Um, Bo Jackson is just on another world. He's mythical. So I'm definitely not going to put A true, a true unicorn. I just bring him up because we love Bo in this shop. Uh, like I said, if you're watching live on YouTube, you have your Roger Staubach jersey hanging behind you on yeah. YouTube. I've got Bo Jackson, the ball player. He's got the baseball bat across the shoulder pad. So that's not fair. Where would you put him in, in relation to AP? Because AP was, uh, I mean, as a freshman, was dominating in Oklahoma. I think a lot of people forget how good AP was. He was yes, they do. Good. This guy was different. He was different compared to both Saquon and Bijan. Bijan and Saquon, they run with power, but they also got a little finesse in their game. Peterson's more like, I'm going to run you over. I'm going to be assertive, and I'm just going to take it all. And there, you just don't see that too often, especially anymore, especially with his size adjusted athleticism, his ability to – just put his foot in the ground and it just go. I think I was a little younger when Adrian Peterson was coming out and there wasn't no really dynasty game out there that people were talking up all the time. But I think if Adrian Peterson was coming out today, uh, it, there'd be so much hype. I think Adrian Peterson probably had a Saquon for sure. J- just from the highlights and tape standpoint, that's something – People really got to go back and rewind and look at. But Adrian Peterson, from what I remember, I remember getting him in redraft his rookie season. And that dude, that dude helped me out instantly almost. Like a couple games and the next thing you know, he's off to the races. He was a game changer. I I think people really need to look back at those Oklahoma days because he he was a stud back then. You know, and it's been said that comparison is a thief of joy, and we're not trying to steal the Bijan Robinson. But you know, again, you're an economist, and you know you can see you know previous results can lead to you know future or, or, or indicators toward what you can see. So for me personally, uh, I'll tell you what I see about Bijan, and then where I have him ranked as a running back in general with the veterans. So I, I what I've seen, I I am no film watcher. I'm not Matt Waldman. I'm not Nick Whalen. I'm not a film grinder. I'm not, you know, uh, but I, I do know what I know and I can see what I can see. I see with Bijan a guy who has elite vision. He has elite balance. His burst is noticeably good, but I really want to see his burst metrics at the combine. Um, a couple of the things that I think that I saw that he does not, I don't say get criticized, but I don't think it's brought up enough. He got hit a lot behind the line of scrimmage a lot at or behind the line of scrimmage. And part of that's a shitty Texas offensive line. I dig it. I I get that. And and maybe the line he goes to in the NFL will be better. And I think he benefited a lot for some, for some really poor tackling. So I'm super excited for him. When I, if you were to ask me about my dynasty rankings, I would mostly tell you to go to patreon.com forward slash dynasty Warzone. but I'll give you my top five backs for me. It's Jonathan Taylor. Um, Bruce and I joke around about, you know, pro wrestling. He used to be a fan. I used to be a fan. And as it relates to Jonathan Taylor, Ric Flair once said to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I still think going into, you know, you you know, the fourth year of his career, I think Jonathan Taylor's still the man right behind him. I have Brees Hall and then Kenneth Walker. 
I have a resurgent Saquon Barkley, even though he's going into year five of his career. And then I have Bijan Robinson. So I'm giving him a lot of love. I'm putting him ahead of Christian McCaffrey. I'm putting him ahead of you know some of those guys that have been uber successful. So that's my final wrap up on Bijan. What do you think about my note, my 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 film watching, film watching in quotes, and yeah. uh, my my uh, where I have him ranked in a dynasty startup amongst his running back peers? I think that's pretty good. He should be definitely in top five, and it should be very ambiguous once you get up there because those running backs are very valuable. I think as a prospect standpoint, when you're looking at Hall and Kenneth Walker, I think coming out, Bijan kind of trumps them. So if you want to have them ahead of them, you can. Or if you want Brees Hall ahead of them, you can as well, since you've already seen what they've done in the game, especially with Kenneth Walker as well. I would personally probably have Bijan ahead of them. But on top of that, um, with you having them ahead of McCaffrey, I think that's a smart move considering the age and considering what Robinson is as a dynasty asset right now because he's going to hold his value for a bit. And even if he loses value, he's still going to have value. And then also from your film watching, I've seen all the same stuff. This dude's electric. He's got burst and vision's great. And one thing I want to talk about is what he does in the passing game and how good of a receiver is. I looked it up today. He had an average depth of target of 6.8 yards. Usually running backs are around zero or below that because they're catching a lot of passes behind the line of scrimmage. So that means they're letting him go out there, run routes. He's getting targets. That's really good. He also averaged 11.7 yards after the catch per reception. That's up there. That's exceptional. Usually 10 is good. Usually 9 or 8 is good. But he's at 11.7. That's real solid. Let all running backs with 104 missed tackles. And then he had 4.17 yards after contact per attempt. And he was getting hit in the backfield a lot. That dude's slippery. Got you 1,500 yards and eight touchdowns. He was productive behind the battle offensive line. And there's just a lot of good things you can say about this dude. He's explosive. He's multifaceted with how you use him in the passing game, how you use him in the running game as well. He's an overall joy to have. And any NFL team that gets him is going to be better. There's just not a bad situation he can go to and be bad. He can go to a good situation, ball out. He can go to a bad situation, ball out. He has a lot of upside that we can crack into. Well, I, I think uh... – that is all very well said, and I, I will wrap it up on this. I have him as five currently, but if and we're going to talk about the best landing spot for these rookie running backs here in just a bit, but if he were to land in Miami, which is my 101 landing spot for a rookie running back, I don't know that Miami has the draft capital now that they traded for Bradley Chubb and lost a first due to uh, shenanigans involving one Thomas Brady, but if they were to manage to find a way to get him or Buffalo – I know we all like James Cook and we like Devin Singletary, who's a free agent, but if he were to wind up in an elite offense where he could be the man, then maybe he does springboard to two or three ahead of some of the other guys. But right now, this is why I update my rankings all the time. This is how I feel today. How I feel after the combine may change. How I feel after the NFL draft going into rookie draft season may change, so stay tuned. So if you actually read, and I know some people might, if you actually read the show title, it says five good running back questions. But you know what? I'm the host. I'm in charge. I'm going to ask six. So uh, guess what, motherfucker? Guess what? We're going to ask Bruce six questions about rookie running back. So um, right. you can you can answer any of these questions with the name uh, of anybody except B. John Robinson, okay? Okay. So we're going to give you the first guy. Who is your favorite running back in this class? Maybe he's not the best. He's just Bruce Matson's favorite guy coming into to the combine in the draft season. My favorite right now. And a lot of people liked him. I felt like going into draft season, but things are starting to get quiet on him. So he's starting to become like an underdog. And I kind of like underdogs is Sean Tucker from Syracuse. Um, what I like about him, is the speed, the production in 2021. You're talking about a, what, 1,500-yard back and 1,000-yard back this year, um, good burst, a track guy out of high school, even suited up in track at Syracuse for a little bit. I think he ran – I forget what meters it was, but he was like 13 out of 26. Average depth of target of two in the passing game this year. He was running a lot of wheel routes. 
getting downfield, getting deep targets. His role changed. He ran 15% of his snaps in the slot this year, just getting a lot of workload in the passing game. I feel like he's got a little bit of that Travis Etienne in him where you can use him in the run game, but also use him as a passing weapon with that speed and that burst. I think that athleticism is really going to catch up on people when we get to the combine. It's also going to catch up to a lot of NFL teams too when they start scouting him, when they look at that and they find out what's going on with him. Well, I, uh, I, I clap. So I, I mute my mic when the guest or co-host is speaking so you don't hear me, but I'm clapping. If you're watching live on YouTube, I'm clapping. Now, again, I am not a film grinder, but I, I know what I like and I know what I see. And uh, Sean Tucker, here are my notes. I'm like, goodness, the tackle breaking. My second note was love the size and them quads. He's a big legged fella. He's five foot nine, two ten. That's a great size for the NFL. The stop start on this guy is amazing. So that that is attributed to his burst. It's like he can stop and then like within two steps, he's like already back up to full speed. And then my final note was vision on vision. His vision is awesome. He has this move, and I saw it a lot as I was watching some highlights and a little bit of tape on him. He does this move where he starts inside, and he literally does like a one-step hop, hops off tackle, and he is gone. His his vision and burst is going to be a, a lot. And, and I think he is my, my current three. We're going to talk about someone else, I'm sure, here in a bit. I, I think that's a great call, man. Uh, Sean Tucker – um, and, and it's spelled like Sean Connery, so that's always a good thing. S-E-A-N, Sean Tucker. If you've not done any research on him, check him out. So uh, I, I love that answer. Who's going to be the value of this class, Bruce? So so when the, the NFL draft is, is complete and who's going to be the guy kind of like a, a Tyler Algier who goes like later in those mid-rounds and winds up being a sneaky value in this class? It's hard to tell with how good this running back class is. I kind of got two guys for it because one guy might pop up there and the other guy knows going to be down there. But Kenny McIntosh is a guy that whenever people talk running backs, he's kind of slipped down there in the bottom part of the 10. Some people got him up there, but he's got speed burst, catches the ball in the backfield, got, got enough size to him to his frame, but I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL likes him since he's from a big program like Georgia and pumps him up their boards and we see him go in the second round, early third round or something like that. And then my other dude, since we want to go a little bit lower here, is Muhammad Abraham from Minnesota. Big, thick running back, very productive, coming off an Achilles injury and rushed for damn near 100 yards in every game last year. This dude was efficient. And he can be a between-the-tackles grinder for an NFL team. And if he goes in the right spot, gets the opportunity, he could run away with it or be part of the committee, get you some production. But he could be a sneaky guy there at the bottom as well. So those are two guys I got there, depending on where McIntosh goes. He's my top one of the two. But I have the suspicion he might get drafted a little higher than we expect. So I wrote down, so this is what we call on the Dynasty War Zone a writer downer. I've done my research. I've, I've researched about eight running backs. I was not familiar with those names. So it was Kenny McIntosh and the other gentleman? Uh, Muhammad Abraham. Muhammad Abraham. Muhammad Abraham. So Abraham. He's so an older. The, go ahead. He's an older running back. He feels like he's been at Minnesota for like 10 years. Um, but yeah, he's he's been solid. So these, to me, we're going to talk about landing spots here in a bit, but these, to me, sound like the kind of guys that I would love to be drafted on teams like the Saints, the Vikings, the Cincinnati Bengals. Why did I pick those teams? The They all have one thing in common. They all have a running back, a veteran running back, on an expensive contract that will be going into year seven of their career with you know guys like Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Etc. Alvin Kamara. These are guys that are young. They'll be drafted as uh, cheap players because all the teams I mentioned also have their own cap issues. So those are the kind of guys, and because they'll land behind a quote-unquote stud, and those guys are studs without question, but they're all old. Er, and so there's value in those young guys. So remember those names as we move toward uh, toward redraft. Excuse me, as we move toward rookie season. 
Uh, my next question, sir, is going to be who is going to be overdrafted based on their college resume? And when I say overdrafted, so who's going to be the guy that within the dynasty community on Twitter, podcast, YouTube, et cetera, who is going to start getting a lot of hype based on their college resume or their physical tools? And uh, who is going to maybe maybe not produce at the pro level, but people are going to like beforehand? Mm. So there's a few of these guys because we got a, a lot of good running backs here and they're kind of in the minutiae. I'm going to change my answer here and it might be the same for two of them. Uh, Zach Evans, actually. Like, I love what I see on tape. I, I love the athleticism. I love the size of just the athleticism and all that stuff. But his production resume is a little scary. Like at TCU, uh, he was set out to be the guy, wasn't the guy. Then came over to Ole Miss. We all thought he was going to be the guy. Then, of course, Quinton Judkins, Judkins was, was solid. He's an impeccable freshman. But you're, you got to be taking that over. You got to be taking that over if you're going to be like an RB2 to RB4 ranked running back in a dynasty rookie draft. That's scary. That's very scary. But on top of that, though, you see him on tape and you just see him move. You see him pull away. You see the explosiveness. But then you look at the numbers, not a thousand yard season, 900 yards this year was, was his best year, but technically it was the RB two, even though he's behind a really good running back and he could be a good running back at the next level, but and the fantasy ADP range, it's going to be high. He's going to be up there, but there is a lot of risk there that you got to look at. And I like him. I'm still going to draft him, but I not, I know there's risk there and I'm going to still do it. You know, he he was – so I did a mock draft two weeks ago with the guys from the Toilets to Titles podcast. It was a startup. We did a 10-round, 12-team startup. So we drafted 120 players, and the rookies were available. And I drafted him in, like, the later rounds, like 9-10, somewhere in there. But the more I watch him, I can see why he could be overdrafted because he he looks like, like when he tries – and I don't want – you can't judge effort. That would be unfair to him. But it looks like when he wants to to play really well, he can play as good as anybody. But man, I sure I felt like a, a lot of the things that I've watched on him, it just feels like he just takes plays off. And maybe that's why he, you know, got, you know, I don't want to say backup duty, but he became more of a number two, more of a one B. And, and and so those would be some of my concerns: is that is he going to be able to make a difference at the pro level? I I, I like that one a lot. Um, another thing um, that that matters a lot because I think once you get past a couple of guys, uh, again we mentioned Bijan, Sean Tucker. We've not mentioned Jameer Gibbs yet. Once you get mm-hmm. past a couple of guys, a lot of these guys, their value will rise and fall based on where they land. So a couple of the landing spots that I think are good, I think Miami with Mike McDaniel and that offense. I think that's uh, I think that's the top spot for me. But I think Chicago's a possibility. Uh, number one rushing team in the league, uh, David Montgomery is a is a free agent now. I wouldn't want anything to hurt the potential upside of a guy like Khalil Herbert that I like, but I think Chicago's a spot. Dallas Zeke's a big cap hit. Uh, Tony Pollard's a free agent. That's a good offense. Houston, um, I mean, Damian Pierce kind of has jag tendencies. The head coach that liked him is gone, uh, or is there another one? So, is there a landing spot that when one of these guys, because one of these guys is going to land in a spot that you're going to look at and go, that guy just moved up my draft board. What's that spot for you? What's that situation that's going to make you elevate one of these guys? My eyes always look at the Chargers right now, and it's not like the sexiest spot because of Eckler, but he kind of will give them that buffer during the first couple of years of their career for it's their time, and that might even make their career even longer. Plus, the backup running back there is always expensive and always does well. And I feel like that could be a good tandem. And before they hand off the keys to the new running back, especially they catch them round two, round three, round four, or something like that, especially if it's a mid-round pick. And we are going to have some talent fourth round-ish that can catch the ball in the backfield, that has burst, that can have some size. That's not outside the realm of possibilities. And they've shown that they wanted to update the backup running back spot. They drafted Spiller last year. That didn't look too well. They brought in Sony Michelle, the ghost to him. That didn't go too well. So they've shown some interest that they wanted to bring in another guy 
to help Eckler, help Long make his career longer, and then also have just another running back too. Um, what's having another running back that's really good with Herbert and company is not going to hurt. I always keep looking at that that outfit there. Yeah, I, I would love. So I, I like the Chargers and I, I, another spot I mentioned earlier. Obviously, love Miami, but Buffalo. They need a hammer. We saw this in the AFC divisional round against Cincinnati. When they needed to run the ball, they couldn't. Why did Cincinnati beat them? Well, Joe Burrow is him, but also because Joe Mixon, at least for one day, was also him. He was able to bang out those tough yards. And again, no offense to James Cook or Devin Singletary, but they're not that guy. I mean, if a guy like Zach Charbonnet, now I know it's going to be pronounced this way and I'm going to be embarrassed for you. Do not call him Charbonnet. It is Zach Charbonnet. <laughs> and uh, if you call him Charbonnet on a podcast, we will ridicule you. But a guy like Zach Charbonnet, um, even Z- Zach Evans, a guy that I like a little bit, Tank Bigsby, I want a big mm-hmm. dude. I want a big athlete in that offense so that you can get creative with a, with a James Cook. You know, you can line him up the way that the, the Niners do, the way that the Niners do Christian McCaffrey, and you can do some things. Same thing with L.A. I think that's a beautiful call where you can use a, a new offensive coordinator coming in there now that Joe Lombardi has been fired. You can bring in a, a, uh, a, an offensive-friendly system that will allow these running backs – to where I think next year Eliza Mitchell is going to be a value because he's going to continue to get run because in the regular season, you're not going to want to wear down Christian McCaffrey. So I, I think those are all good landing spots and landing spots we'll be, uh, we'll be looking for. So I, I've got you for two more questions. So uh, this is the hard one. No one wants to answer this question. You feel like a bad guy. If you put it on Twitter, they cuss you because you know, you're calling someone a bust. But who do you think out of all the prospects you see – that have had success at the college level that are the most likely to not have success at the pro level? Um, Zach Evans, I like him. I'm going to draft him, but I, he's scary. He's scary from what we've seen. And a lot of the other running backs, what we're talking about after him, they're a little cheaper to a point where, like, if they bust, they're not really busts, but he's drafting the first round. You're talking about him, Sean Tucker, Jameer Gibbs, and B. John Robinson, those are like what the main five that are going in the first round. So you're looking at those five running backs because those are getting the equity right now. Which one of those guys are likely to bust per the resume? You got B. John here, 101 top dog running back. You got the receiving skills. You got Jameer Gibbs, Alabama protege, um, catches the ball in the backfield, um, was solid at Georgia Tech. He's been good at two programs. We got Sean Tucker here. We've already talked about him. Solid. And then who was the other guy? Uh, Zach Evans. Just scary. But you see the upside on tape. You want to chase the upside, that unicorn. But you also can't ignore that he's scary as all get out. And that's the thing about it. Like, you have to just roll the dice, close your eyes on him. But you also got to realize this guy can catch the ball in the backfield and in the right situation – put his foot in the ground and go all the way. It might be a situational thing. It might be just him growing up. I don't know. I don't know the guy, but I also know that from what we've seen these last three years, him being a five-star, him with this elite athleticism, him with all this hype, and then we come in and um, we ain't got no bonkers years and we've been waiting for that. But we've just, what we've seen was some amazing highlights when he does have the ball in his hand. So, there is some speculation, and you got to speculate on both sides. Well, I, I love it. I, I will tell you mine. The guy that I'm a little is, is, is Zach Charbonnet, a.k.a. Charbonnet. We may call him Charbonnet from now on here <laughs> on the Dynasty. Because here's my thing. It's like he thinks he's shiftier than he is. He acts uh-huh. like sometimes that he thinks he's that 200-pound scat back. I'm like, fella, just run like the 220-pound hammer that you are. So if he lands on a good offense – but I, I know that he's very well thought of in the Dynasty and Devi community already. So he's one that I'm going to have earmarked as a bust, it, unless he happens to land with a, with, a, with a good running back coach that will use him properly. And, and remember, mm-hmm. the word coach is not a bad thing. They can coach that, sh- that wannabe shifty guy out of him. Be like, brother, look, man, you're, you're not Jamar Gibbs. You're not Sean Tucker. You're a battering ram. I need you to go between that guard and that center 
and get me six yards and anything else you can get me along the way. If he does that, I think he'll be good. But if he doesn't, I think he could be my bust. All right, last question. Uh, Dynasty Warzone listeners know that this next man is near and dear to my heart. He won me a lot of money. I mean, a lot. Like, don't tell the IRS a lot of money. Uh, A couple of years ago, but his name is James Robinson. So who is going to be your small school, um, small school undrafted free agent potential guy that's going to come along? Uh, We're not holding you to this. Your success rate does not have to be super high here. But who's that guy in like the fifth? If your league has a six-round rookie draft, that or maybe even a UD, UDFA, who's a name that we need to know going into the NFL season that we're not going to hear a lot about on other podcasts? Well, I'm surprised a lot of people aren't talking about this guy. I had to double check a few times that he declared, and I still might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure because I saw in a lot of publications. But Lou Nichols from Central Michigan. So he had a down year last year. I mean, this year in 2022, rushed for 700 some yards, had some injuries. They were undisclosed. So we don't have the history on that. So I checked his Instagram. Looks like he's working out. He's looking good. He's looking jacked and rocked up. Big, thick, physical running back. Rushed for 1,800 yards in 2021. Double-digit touchdowns. And the thing about it is Debbie community was talking him up. The college football guys, whoever on Twitter or whatever, they were talking him up. Now he's declaring for the draft and sunk cost fallacy, recency bias. A lot, a lot of people are forgetting about him. And I get it. We got a lot of good running backs, but this dude is jacked up, rocked up, has production. And I'm checking his Instagram right now. Dude looks like he's in shape. So he couldn't have been that badly hurt to where it really asphyxiated him. So it looks like he's ready to go for draft season. Looks like he's probably not going to be highly drafted because we didn't have a good 2022 season. Fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, UDFA. But, man, this guy can run. Watch out some of his highlights back from Central Michigan from 2021 when he was taken over. And a lot of people were on board with him. A lot of people were excited for him going into this season. And he could be that guy that comes out late this year and really surprises us. All right, man. Well, I I like that. So – If you're watching on YouTube and you see me pick up the phone, that's me taking notes. I got my wireless keyboard over here. I can't be hammering away, click-clacking keys while my man's trying to give us a great answer. But I can silently jump on the iPhone, and I wrote down the name Lou Nichols. Now, if you search Lou Nichols on Twitter, you'll see there's one with an E and one without an E. He is the one without an E. N-I-C-H-O-L-S. Lou Nichols. And then search Central Michigan, and uh, you can find him there. And speaking of finding him, man, you can find Bruce everywhere. Search Metric Scout. Um, you mentioned what you've been doing. What, what are you going to be doing in the next couple of weeks? You said daily videos, sometimes multiple videos. Um, those are my favorite. I'll be honest. Um, I like do, I like doing long form podcasts, forty five minutes, an hour, if you will. But I, I also like consuming Instagram, TikTok one minute type videos, which you are the king of, in my opinion. So tell us about the metric scout and DLF. So here recently, um, honestly, I go with the flow. I don't really have anything scheduled when it comes to the videos. So today I did a a rookie mock draft. I pretty much did a collab with my rankings and stuff and did it strategically with how it would um, draft players. So it's not a ranking. It's very fluid, but I, I unloaded that. I'll probably mock some mock drafts this week. And I've also been going over a lot of uh, rookies, uh, just a pure video, about four to 10 minute video on a rookie. I'll pick one out. I'll jump on their tape, watch them up and um, do a video on them. If I touch a player, like if I research a a player, I watch them on tape, go over the metrics or whatever. My rule of thumb is I got to do some kind of content on them whether it's a short video or a long form video on top of that, I started doing more shorts, a lot, a lot more, uh, TikTok shorts. And I've been throwing stuff on Instagram as, as well. And, um, mixed from my long form content and it's doing quick one-off videos on some of the rookies as well. So you're going to be seeing a lot more of that. It's just something new. I've been trying to do new stuff every like month or so, just adding to it, just trying to get some new wrinkles out. And then at DOF, I'm always covering the rookies this time of year 
Um, usually um, three or four rookie articles every couple of weeks coming out, the rookie rankings. I'm always good for that. Also, new thing I started doing is I've been doing some YouTube for four for four, helping them out. So I've been dropping a dynasty video, long form, one of them a week and then one short a week. But that's all I've been doing lately. Yeah, I like how you threw it in. That's all. This guy is, uh, as the as the shirt says, working harder than an ugly stripper. This guy is out there getting after it. Yeah. He is putting out awesome content. I mean, you heard Jerry's review via the text message that he sent me. He loves Bruce. I love Bruce. Bruce is the king of Twitter. Um, he is in my top favorite follows. Um, every time I see the picture of uh, Mr. Kurt Henning, um, that I, I know Bruce is going to be bringing some Twitter goodness for us. So make sure you follow him everywhere. Make sure you follow us everywhere. If you're listening on podcast, subscribe to the YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast. And you know what? Jerry's not here, but I'm going to make an executive decision. So for the next two weeks, today is the today is the the 23rd of January. All you have to do to be entered entered in to win the Patreon scholarship is go to Apple or Spotify, leave us a review. And the review just needs to say patron scholarly. Now you can like hit enter and write some nice notes about Jerry's beard or his hats or my new lights or whatever that blue hell you want to talk about, but just write in the review. And if you've already done one, I appreciate it, but I need you to do another one. Steal a coworker's phone, go search dynasty Warzone in iTunes on their phone and just leave patron scholarly, or you can write scholarship and then your email address or your Twitter handle. I'll find you. We'll draw the winner on the 7th of whatever that odd Sunday is, like the Pro Bowl Sunday, the weird new Pro Bowl thing. We'll draw it then. Hey. Uh, if you're interested in the Patreon and uh, you're, you're interested in how you get an orphan and how to join up, hit my DMs at DWZ Memphis. But, guys, I, I am so proud to have kicked off rookie season with Bruce. Again, a, tr a tremendous follow. We'll be doing more of this. We're going to be doing wide receivers. We're going to do be doing everything more great guests, maybe not as great as Bruce, but we're going to have some great guests this year, and we're going to do a lot of good stuff here at the channel. My man, Mike, is now in in the the, the chat, so uh, th this one's for Mike on the way out. He likes a little bit of uh, a good soundboard drop, so I'm, I'm going to hit him with this on the way out. The Crip Mac on hood. On hood, so we're going to get out of here. <laughs> Y'all tap in with it, huh? So we're going to get out of here. Remember, on behalf of Bruce, I am Memphis, and here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Be back here with a lot of content this week, guys. Thanks for tuning in. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak